This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 605 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, October 4th, and it's another Fireside Chat. I'm your host, Paul Sport, joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, the playoffs are here. How's it going? What is happening? That was a that was a really fun uh, NL wild card. Uh, I would say, the, I mean, the Yankee one, it wasn't as fun. I mean, you're a Yankees fan. Though, I so. know, but... I'm sure you enjoyed it. I, I was happy that the Yankees I mean, won. I wanted, they I wanted better. Early I wanted and, a better game. You know, Sure, and I understand, but they did their thing. They went out there. I don't think this is an indictment of the uh, uh, of the opener, but we're not going to get into a whole oh, thing no, on that. Not. No, I, I know some people want to use it to kill the opener. Listen, the Yankees are a great team. The fact that the fact is they could have won. They could have beaten Mike Fires to shreds. They could, you know, it's just. <laughs> I just I just want you to repeat that Mike Fires have been torn to shreds. I just I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said they could have. I know. Uh, Mike Fires was a stud. You're lucky I don't bring him up more. I don't know. I, mean, that, I don't know that you want a deep dive on Mike Fires. No, no. The thing is, we both actually agreed, and is it exactly what we both said we would do? That's the funny part at the end of this. You said a sea level prospect, and I said, yeah, I would definitely do that. And yeah, then that's what well, they did, and everyone's happy. Actually, and it's great. Actually, actually. Tigers got Logan Shore as the the second player there. He's a little bit higher than a C level. We'll see. We'll see. He's had some injuries. Okay, I'll give him a B minus. <laughs> neither here nor there. It was a you know they weren't going to overpay for him. And they exactly. They yeah, we, and he yeah, pitched well for them. He started off brilliantly and then kind of Mike Fires. Uh, so you know, tough season for them. It's it always sucks to see one of the teams go home, especially the Cubs playing eighty billion innings and then having to go home. But I love it. I love the wild card games. I wouldn't change it for anything. Of course, with it being October, we are going to do a playoff themed uh, fireside here today. And, and what I wanted to do was go over each series and talk about some key starters and relievers on each team that can kind of uh, that, that should be watched, you know, guys that can really kind of swing things one way or the other. We're not getting into the studs. We all know Justin Verlander needs to be good for Houston to have success. We're kind of finding some of those X factors, if you will. And I know that's a bit of a vague term. And we might even mention some stars because there are some who are battling injuries. And if they're healthy, then that could be a big thing. But as far as like getting into the guys that we know are locked lockdown studs we're not doing that and so the way we did it as opposed to each of us naming one on each team and this being a four-hour cast uh we split it up 
SPs for you on some teams, RPs for you on others, and then uh, vice versa for me. And we split the series up. So, for example, our first one is going to be Colorado-Milwaukee. You got Colorado starter, Milwaukee – or no, no, I got Colorado starter uh, and Milwaukee reliever. You got Milwaukee starter, Colorado reliever, right? Or no, 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 no. You no, got no, the, no, no. I got the relievers. I, I have yeah, the relievers. That's how we did it. In each series <laughs> – I got the starters for both. You got the relievers yeah, for both. Fun. And then uh, for the Dodgers Atlanta, which will also be going off today, you got the starters for those. I got the relievers for right. those. So let's start with that first a- a NL1 that's going to be going off here in just a couple hours with Colorado uh, heading out to Milwaukee after that excellent uh, uh, wild card game there, uh, or game 163, as it were, for, the, for Milwaukee to get the home field advantage, then for Colorado to defeat the Cubs. Uh, these two teams have already, you know, put a lot on the field this week, and now they're going to start their five-game set. So let's talk about the starters that I think could be key here. And I am going to be. This one is, like I said, a little bit of uh, a star name, but he certainly hasn't pitched like one. And I'm for the Colorado starter. I'm going to go John Gray, and um, I do think that he is key here because I don't know what they're going to get, Nick. Uh, you know. Obviously, he started off very poorly in terms of results, but we ha- we saw the underlying numbers. They were really strong for Gray. It was looking like, hey, it's just a matter of time. He'll get back on track. All the ERA indicators were saying he's pitching better than than what we're seeing from Gray, but they sent him down. They said, you know what? You got to go get your mind right. I think it was just one of those get your mind right sort of send downs. I didn't really have a problem with it. He comes back, first seven starts, 259 ERA. 23% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate. It worked. The skills are still there, and now the results are following. But his final seven starts, John Gray fell apart. 7-11 ERA, 15% strikeout rate, which is probably the most damning thing of all. I can take the 9% walk rate if he was still getting punch outs, but he wasn't fooling anybody. And not only that, Brewers have a lot of lefties that can beat up on right-handers. Yelich, Shaw. Thames, uh, Mike Moustakis, Curtis Granderson, probably going to get a start uh, against right-handers over Ryan Braun, who is pretty mediocre against them. They also have some guys who are good righty-righty. Jesus Aguilar, Lorenzo Cain. This could be really tough for Gray, and I, I'm worried that the Rockies are going to get the lesser Gray, and that's going to put them behind the eight ball with things. How do you feel about John Gray's finish to the season and what, the, what he might have for the Brewers? Can he rebound? Well, if you want to be more specific about John Gray, you want to talk about his fastball, which has just been terrible in the last six starts. Uh, we're talking a pitch value of negative six for the wow. pitch in six starts. That's so brutal. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, it's actually even something more than that. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's something that we, we saw in the first half as well. That was a big problem. And then when he came back, he was having success with that heater uh, over, I'd say it's what, about like an eight? game span or so we were thinking this could be the John Gray we're all hoping for looks like it it's been talked about a lot about how the the advanced metrics or rather the the dips that is your FIP your XFIP your Sierra all were pointing to a around about three and change ERA for Gray well actually in the second half those were about four two and change there was those were worse when he was pitching better yep uh so I, I don't have much faith in Gray really giving a uh, a top notch start here for the for the Rockies. I, I think that's a really good pick as far as the X factor goes. And considering that, it's just really Kyle Freeland and Marquez who that third guy is going to be. Could it be Gray? They might not. Honestly, they haven't announced it yet. 
Is Senzatella opening today, or is he getting like a full-on start? Right. I know Woodruff is for the for the Brewers, but I know Senzatella can kind of be that guy where if he looks good at the start, they can say, "Hey, you might go three four. But if he's a little bit wobbly, I I could see them saying, "Hey, you gave us exactly. one and two thirds. You're out." So how much are we really going to see of Gray? I mean, that would be. Uh, I guess it would be the uh, the it's game Fourth two game. start. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Marquez Freeland, do they need an extra day of rest? Uh, for, I, I think. For oh yeah, they're Sunday? undecided. They're undecided on tomorrow's game. The right. Rockies are Shasin for Milwaukee, but they're undecided with Colorado. Maybe that's where you go, Marquez. But then, do you want Gray at home? Right, and also there's Tyler Anderson in the mix too. Yeah, he's uh, been up and down. He's had great uh, stints, but then awful runs too like he's really right, been right guardrail to guardrail yep so i mean i think it's a great pick with john gray if he if he does start and performs well i, I could definitely see the rockies coming out of the series even though the brewers are uh, incredibly hot right now this is actually kind of funny this is the first cast we're going to do where we're not talking fantasy I know. No way. fantasy at all. This is all <laughs> this is all real life stuff. Now, do you want to give your Colorado reliever or have me give my second starter and then no. you do both relievers? Uh, I think let's go with starter because it's kind of I like to do parallels between both. So. Okay. So this one, um, I cheated a little, meaning I, I kind of picked two guys. I know, I know I'm a bad person, but I am just kind of curious what they're gonna do mine. here with uh <laughs> with Woodruff going today. As the as the opener, I don't know if they're going to bring in one of these two guys that I'm about to mention after that, which they probably should. Uh, and then she'll see tomorrow if Gio Gonzalez and Wade Miley face Colorado in Colorado. That's game over, man. Yeah, I know. You cannot do that. So I don't know why they don't have one of them starting tomorrow. First off, Miley, I'm very suspect on. I know he's had some good results. He got his cutter back, but he has an eight percent strikeout minus walk rate. That doesn't support anything close to a 2.57 ERA. It probably doesn't really support a 3.57 ERA. So I'm suspect on him altogether. Geo, I've got a little bit more love for. I've always been a Geo fan. I know he's he's certainly volatile when his walks are up. He can have 75 pitches through three and a third. Uh, you're making grimaces. I mean, go look at his career numbers. Like you're not going <laughs> to sit here and pretend like he's not a great pitcher. Uh, <laughs> But he's had five solid starts with them, 213 ERA, .95 whip. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a 295, you know, true talent or uh, what I say, 213 ERA, true talent guy or anything. But he can miss bats. He can keep the ball down. Uh, and when he's on, he can give you five, six solid innings. I can't let Gio Gonzalez or Wade Miley go into Coors Field, though. The devastation that Colorado puts on lefties in general is sharp. But at home, they are far and away. The best team in the league. 380 Woba for the season. 384 in the second half. This is their home Woba against lefties. So it's, you know, parsing the sample a bit, but they are absolutely destructive against lefties at home. And I just don't think you can let one of those guys go in there. And so if they do end up starting one of them, they're going to be the X factor for whether or not Milwaukee comes out of this because it's a short series, too. So I am nervous. I, I would hope, and I don't know, maybe I've missed the research, that one of them comes in today. So that you're not uh, maybe put Geo. I know he needs to be kind of like a true starter or whatever, but maybe put Miley in today after Woodruff as opposed to letting them get into Coors. What do that's you think an, about that? That's an interesting idea. Uh, I will mention that anytime someone says look at the career numbers, it's because they're trying to hide this season's numbers. I'm really uh, not, though. I'm just saying, like, you gave this grimace as if he's like some. He's not the same guy. He's not the same guy. He's been. Okay, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not saying he is, but you gave this grimace as like, oh, this, this, this piece of garbage Gio Gonzalez he was out with Milwaukee I mean he's a very he's a quality starter like he's not 
at his peak anymore. I, I freely admit that he's 32 years old, but he's a perfectly quality starter. He acted like he was Wade Miley for crying out loud. I mean, okay, first of all, I would actually say that Wade Miley is a better pitcher at the moment than Ju Gonzalez. That's hilarious. I mean, you should read the piece I wrote. <laughs> Maybe I will, but that's that's rich. This is the thing. This is, I mean, this is something completely separate, but there is something to be said about redefining pitchers. Uh, and I, I, you can talk about Wade Miley's career and what he has been in the past. What he's doing this year, he completely reshaped his entire repertory. You mentioned it, his cutter. That- it's a seven percent strikeout minus walk. I understand. I'm not saying he's thought. good. This is this is more that like Gio's also been terrible, and it's not like Gio has been great the past three seasons, and then all of a sudden this year all of a sudden collapsed or so. It was a four five seven I mean, ERA in 2016. Okay, uh, that was what was 2017. 2017 to 96, and then he regressed again back to 421. Okay. So which one? I mean, it's not like he's been a stud all of his life. He's throwing. He's been terrible this year. He's been detrimental. He was detrimental to fantasy teams. A one point four four WHIP. Uh, it, it's not. And also, you want to talk about the eight percent uh, difference of K per? Okay. The fantasy. Per, I mean, it's nine percent. The, for, the fantasy team thing is completely irrelevant, by the way. Uh, that's not what we're talking about here. He's, fair, he's been like right. a league it, average starter this year. Like he's been fine. Like I'm not saying that Gio's at peak, but the grimace you made was like over. Well, the top. it's it's. The grimace I made was that it was such a they said that you like loved Gio Gonzalez in this context of like he could really perform well and it's very shaky. It's very shaky ground right now for Gio Gonzalez. He has not shown that he can be a dependable arm. I understand too that as a Milwaukee Brewer, it's been the last six starts have been like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good for Gio Gonzalez. That's what it's like. I'm not saying again, Wade Miley versus Gio is an interesting argument. It's just that it was, there was a lot of praise for Gio, and that's where I started grimacing. Is there I mean, no... you're really putting a lot of weight on a face I made. Uh, anyway. Is there a lot of praise for him? You just gave him praise, Spore. A lot of praise? Like, okay. Yes. Yes. That's exactly why I'm reacting like this. It doesn't matter. It's fine. <sighs> We're going to move past this. Uh, you either, if you don't have a sub-3 ERA, <laughs> you're garbage, according to Nick. He doesn't even have a sub-4 ERA this year. He doesn't even have a sub-4-2 no, ERA this year. I'm saying, like... You pretend like a 421 ERA is like a bad pitcher. I think I think, I think folks- it Oh man. I mean and like okay fine then also include the 144 whip. It's like he's not a good pitcher this year. I'm sorry. I don't think I mean, this is a very 90- controversial opinion. But he wasn't good with Washington. 0.95 whip with Milwaukee. Like that's- five starts and three of them were good, two of them were pretty mediocre. You have to redefine a pitcher. Didn't you just say that when you redefine a pitcher? like come on. Oh, not- okay, there's a difference in redefining them over a year than a five-start sample. Wade Miley has 80 innings, and he has a 7% K-. minus I really don't care about the differentiation between these two. I'm saying either of them going into, especially with a 15% strikeout rate for Wade Miley, so contact heavy and ground ball heavy, I am nervous that if – I hope that they're smart enough to let those guys face them in Milwaukee if they're going to use them. That's fair. Like, that, that, that's, that's the point. I, 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 <laughs> I mean you're the one who brought the grimace. Uh, so – I, I, I understand. I understand this point completely. I, I would favor Wade Miley. I think that he has a better skill set of inducing worse contact than Gio Gonzalez is right now. I don't think do either we, one of them is going to really strike out many guys at the moment. So if we're talking about, about contact mitigation, I'm going to go with with uh, Wade Miley's skill set at the moment than I am Gio Gonzalez's. How do we feel about their infield defense turning those ground balls into outs? Uh, their their it, infield it, defense, as as yeah. in like the the one behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their infield defense for the Brewers to turn 
Miley's ground balls into the outs. Are we are we saying it's pretty like RC has been? I feel like he's got a pretty good defensive reputation. Scope, uh, Shaw at third, and oh no, it'd be Moose. Moose pretty I mean, good too. I, I could make the argument. I could make the argument that considering how we've seen Miley perform thus far, it shows that the defense has been good. Well, that was, I mean, that was the question. I don't know why you're being combative. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not I'm being combative. Asking, I'm, just, I'm not being combative. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm never combative. No, I disagree. The condescending looks. You guys I, don't oh, see man. him. You guys don't see him. Oh, um, God. So, yeah, I, but I am nervous. Like I said, Woodruff today as an opener. I don't think Gio would be brought in in that, in that you know, secondhand situation. Uh, Miley more conducive to it. He's been kind of back and forth bullpen. You know, I feel like he could handle it. Uh, I don't know what their plan is after Woodruff. And then, like I said, Shasin tomorrow. So that's just a little bit nerve-wracking if they expect to use one. I imagine Chase Anderson draws a start in Colorado and then Oof. maybe Guerra. Maybe they don't use either of them. But then they're using them out of the bullpen. I just don't want them pitching in Coors at all hater yes i'll put hater anywhere i don't care lefty or not uh that he doesn't apply to things like this but mediocre uh you know middling lefties like miley and geo in coolers against this team scary very scary. i mean i mean the thing is the brewers rotation itself is scary sure uh, and it, yeah i'm about. agreeing with you completely yeah. here i uh, they're both right and it does come down to their bullpen i uh, yeah the, these are good points i would i would say if I had to go with the Brewers' rotation, uh, I mean, if you're going to throw someone in cores, if, among those guys, Chase Anderson and Miley and Gio, I would make the argument that Miley is the best one, considering that he is relying a lot on on getting the ball uh, or inducing weak contact. And Chase's and, homers are back. Yeah, the whole it just kind year. of and Gio, I could totally see allowing oh, lots of bombs in eighty pitches and in three innings. Like you can smell it from here, right. Against that team, right? And we're so, just waiting so them out. That that's the argument I make there. But yeah, the in- interesting stuff. Um, so all right, so let's talk about some relievers. Since let's talk about some relievers. Yeah. Both of these teams, you know, I, I would definitely say that the uh, Rockies have a better rotation, uh, but it's not star studded. We like Herman Marquez. We have liked John Gray when he's not getting his face caved in um you know we talked well of of kyle freeland and tyler anderson when we were doing our colorado cast saying that they they do their thing pretty well but this bullpen has really been interesting because it started off as a much maligned bullpen and and then after all the money they spent brian shaw has been just a non-factor Wade davis was struggling at times but they've gotten it back on track and of course we know milwaukee that's their calling card so who are some of these key x-factor relievers for both these teams start with colorado first well colorado to me it's it's ottavino clearly i ottavino my boy I uh, played with him at Berkeley Carroll when I was a freshman. He was a senior. Still love him, and I still sweat every time he pitches. And that he's—it's the Batansis effect. Uh, it's something where they have such nasty cop. stuff, but it's oh man! But at any moment, he, he can it. just fly off the rails. I mean, he, did, he showed yeah. it Monday, right? It's actually so interesting. Is that they're critical at bats where both of them, Batansas and Adovino, where yep. they threw pitches inside where the batter could just let it hit them. And it would have impacted the entire game in both of them. And then they both came back and got that guy out. That, that fascinated me. I agree. Uh, one day after another, this is it. Just we have ice. This is the playoffs. We can do this. We, you know, you should you should be in there to take that hit. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, that that's a huge thing. Is Ottavino going to show up and be dominant when he gets the call? Because he's going to get the call a lot. They're going to turn to him in those fireman situations. Oh yeah. 
and he better be able to do it. I I have to say it's going to be nerve-wracking every single time. I won't be surprised if there's a moment when he walks two guys and strikes two out, and then the next day we don't know if we want him to come in. That kind of thing. So th- it really does come come down on the on the shoulders of Adovino. I think if the Rockies are going to blow it up, it's going to be him who who is going to be at the receiving end. Uh, He's got to get the ball so. to Davis. Davis right. can also come in, and he knows these clutch situations from the playoffs. You know that no, the moment's not going to be too big for Davis, and he's been pitching very uh, much better lately. He's more back to Wade Davis proper, um, you know, and and we saw it even on uh, in the wild card game there. I, I think that they can rely on him, but they got to get to him, and Wade da- and Adam Adovino is going to be a key part there. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned it because that walk rate's a lot higher than people probably think. They know of his good metrics and excellent strikeout rate. He's very difficult to hit. But he's walking almost uh, with 36 in 77 and two-thirds for Adovino. That's a 4.2. It's probably like a 12%, just kind of uh, guessing off the top of my head there on the walk rate. It's actually, yeah. 11.7 so that that is rough what about uh what about that milwaukee bullpen we know hater we know obviously he's got to be big but uh who's kind of back behind him that needs to be good to make sure that he's in the good spots i mean really it's the three-headed monster of hater jefferson kniebel and i think we're going to see that a lot uh, i think i wouldn't be surprised if we saw something along the lines of brandon morrow uh from 2017 with three these three guys where they just or, get utilized so much I just mentioned Davis. What about the Davis, Holland, Herrera? That well, they're, right. they're trying I mean, that's, to that's the original head monster, basically. yes. Right. And Knebel also back on track. Another guy who lost his way even more so than Wade Davis, because Wade Davis never got sent down. When you're making that much money, you're not getting sent down. Uh, Knebel got a little breather. So I believe you still have Jeffress as the closer. He took over and kind yes. of ran with it the entire year. But you do wonder if, uh, I mean, if Jeffress is going to be fine in this. He hasn't done that in the playoffs before. And it's it's kind of interesting. Closers in the playoffs have always been a long thing. That's why Mariano Rivera was so highly regarded. It's because he was always the guy that shut that door and did it Mm -hmm. on a strongly good level. So is Jeffress going to be able to handle that? Do they turn to Knievel quickly if something goes wrong there? I'm really interested to see how they handle both of those pitchers uh, in this opening series. I really am, too, and I I think it is going to be interesting. And if Milwaukee is to go far, I think we're going to see all three of those guys really get utilized at a massive level, maybe even to the point where next year in fantasy, to bring it back to fantasy a little bit, maybe you want to avoid them just because of some overwork, perhaps. I don't Uh, know. uh, That might be the case. We'll see. I mean, it would depend how far tomorrow. Yeah, it would depend how far they go, and maybe even Kenley Jansen. We've seen a few massive uh, playoff runs from him, sure. and now he's not certainly himself. All right, speaking of Kenley Jansen, let's jump over to his team, Dodgers-Braves. This should be an interesting series. I don't know that it's getting the run it deserves. This, I think it's going to be a really fun series as well. Uh, I got You got the starters on this one, so let's yes. go ahead and get your starters going for Dodgers-Atlanta. Start with whichever team you'd like. So I, so I actually have the Braves to make it to the World Series, if you can believe it. Love it. I can believe it, and I, I am, I'm here for it. I legit think that the NL is – it's kind of 100% up in the air. Well, I feel the, feel the AL is a little more interesting oh, as yeah, far as team construction. But the Braves, I mean, anyone can kind of just take it. And the Braves obviously have that youthful spirit to them right now with this uh, unexpected season uh, that I think that they can kind of come out of nowhere and do really well. And obviously – 
There's Mike Fulton Nevich, who needs to be that ace. But to make it more interesting, I'm really curious if I uh, what what really comes to be in this rotation. Now we have Sean Newcomb might get a start. I think it should be Tuki Dusant. But that's interesting you say him because he's my reliever. Just spoiler alert. Uh, he's going to be in the bullpen on the data that I saw. Right. OK. Dusan's well, going to be in the bullpen. I would say I would say the X factor is Anibal Sanchez just because he is that number two. And you know that you are going to get a good start from Mike fulton but you don't really know out of Anibal Sanchez. Uh, Kevin Gaussman, uh, essentially, who is that number two? It is Anibal right now. So I'm going to go with Sanchez. He's been, again, we, we talked about him as a fantasy zombie way back in mm-hmm. May or, or June even. Uh, and he's been productive. It's kind of wild. Uh, and I think he should be able to lock down these Dodgers. But if there is a, is trouble against Sanchez, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of it. Because then you have to rely on Gaussman. Then you have to rely on whoever you want for that fourth start. Uh, and it gets really, really scary if Fulton Navich isn't strong in that first one. Which I think he should be, so... That, I think, is like the turning point for the Braves here. And to see how Anibal plays it uh, will be the thing for me. I agree. And I, it's been nice to see Anibal Sanchez get back on track. As a Tigers fan, I watched him kind of have some of his best years and really enjoyed watching him pitch. He's got kind of a deep arsenal when he's really working. He's getting, with splitters down, fastballs up. Uh, really did a great job at limiting homers. In fact, was a... a baseball's best at limiting homers from 2013-2014 span then became a total home run machine like he couldn't have gone further to the other end at that point he had a 1.8 homer per nine from 2015 to 2017 this year it's back down to a very manageable 1.0 his skills were still there even when he was giving up the home runs in terms of strikeouts and walks so now that that's back Hits are being limited. Looks healthy. I agree he's an X factor. If they get good starts out of him, these Dodgers are in trouble. And I like your pick of uh, sending them to the to the World Series. That's going to be a lot of fun to see if the baby the baby Braves can get there. Even if they don't, it does look like the beginning of a of a long term of uh, of of contention for the Braves. Now, now for the Dodgers, uh, well, you have Ryu going game one, which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously been on fire. Uh, so I don't. I'm not so against it. I could talk a lot about Clayton Kershaw here, who had a negative P valve for the season with his fastball, which is unheard of considering it's normally into the 20s. And just such a monster, yes. And and those last two starts haven't been so good. Uh, Clayton Kershaw actually, this is this is incredibly shocking to me. Three of his last four starts have been at least three earned runs, and before that, he had three on the season. Wow. So to see Looking if he can come human. back. Right, it's five five innings the last time out. He hadn't done that since June 28th. It, it, it's a bit surprising at the moment from Kershaw. They really need him to be that strong number two. I think the more interesting X factor would be how long Rich Hill can go. Uh, he's slated right now for the fourth game for the Dodgers. You know what you're going to get at Bueller. He is dope and feels dope, and that's great. Love uh, <laughs> I, I really wonder where he's going to go in drafts. I'm probably going to put him like round 15. I was going to anyway. say, I mean, it's, it's going to be high. The, thing, the only question is innings, but at the same time, 180 is the new 200, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Uh, so, whatever. Anyway, Rich Hill is the interesting one because he could honestly go four innings and that's it. I think it's going to be a lot of that, though. And uh, Well, okay. You know, they give him the two times through, right? I think it's going to be a hard line on that again. Don't, don't, wouldn't you agree? And so if he can squeeze five or six out of that. Right. 
that you know when he's on but otherwise it i you know we're going to see him throwing stuff in the in the dugout then when he gets pulled after five four innings if he's two times through already because that's that's just what they do now here's the thing he'll be going up against the fourth starter on the braves it's not like he's going against fulty nevich so True. he might get a little bit longer of a leash, or maybe it's a five nothing game in the fourth. If they inning. get a lead, yes, exactly. And then it's very important that he keeps that, <laughs> right? Yes. That he doesn't give that momentum back to the Braves. I mean, this is all very hypothetical, but I think there's a lot hinging on Hill not messing this up. And then also thinking about this: let's say it's two one going into that game, Hill screws up, and they go into the bullpen early. Then it's Ryu in the fifth game, and they'll need that bullpen again. Yes. So it, it, it's really, I think it's a very important game for Hill to not not struggle early against the Braves in that game four. Here's a good thing, good factor for Hill right now. We can know that uh, when he when he gets off a little bit, it's it's walks. Uh, just six walks in his last seven starts. Four of those were in one outing too, and th- that outing wasn't great at St. Louis. Four runs in five innings, but it wasn't a nightmare either. Only two hits, and he had eight strikeouts. And that again, that accounts for four of the six. So you're talking about four zero walk outings, and then two other one walk outings. So the fact that he's keeping the walks in check, that's great. The only problem is the start right before that five walks. So it's like when it's bad, it's really bad, and you can be getting four or five walks. So I think he's a great X factor there uh, with Rich Hill for the Dodgers. Let's get into the bullpens, and let's talk about Tuki Tucson, who you briefly mentioned, and I, I spoiled this, is my pick there. And that is a bit of a starter going into the bullpen, but that's all the research I had suggested that he was going to be out of the bullpen, at least for this series. This is interesting because the Dodgers are tops in Woba against righties in the second half, and they're second for the entire season. So I didn't just use second half to make them look good. They've been great all year. They've just been really strong in the second half. They're also tops in walk rate at 10%, and that's what has me concerned. I just talked about Rich Hill's walks. Toussaint, for as strong as he's looked in his brief minor league or major league stint, I should say, uh, you know, he's been flashy, has the swing and miss. He's walking the yard, 21 walks in 29 innings, and that's concerning, a 17% walk rate. He is better against lefties than righties in the brief stint as well, uh, and appreciably so. So uh, perhaps he can kind of mitigate any sort of platoon factor, and it's not like righties are killing him. They have a 211 average, 699 OPS, but 143 and 511 respectively for lefties. So and in shorter stints, if you're talking two innings at a time, I'm really excited about Tukey, and maybe I'm using this one also because I'm excited about him for fantasy next year, but uh, this is an electric arm who I really think can be a game changer for them. I was really surprised to see Dan Winkler not on the roster. Uh, He had a really strong season for them, former prospect of some note i believe he led the minors in in strikeouts a year or two but then injuries really got him through 60 strong innings for them this year but maybe toussaint took his spot and they went with the more electric potential game changer type and so that's why i highlighted toussaint here uh for the braves as their relieving game changer what do you think nice yeah i think that's that's a really good call i mean i love tukey uh i think he there might be a case where he comes in very early uh say that game four star let's say that is newcomb or maybe it's tehran uh, if he or if is, Gossman doesn't go well, like we, right, you know, he, he he can blow up. Right, he could be someone that all of a sudden goes four innings and saves the Braves in a critical game. Agreed. So I yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great call. All right, then on the um, Dodgers side. I could have gone with one of two guys similar to the uh, Milwaukee thing where it's two lefties that I was focused on. I went with Scott Alexander uh, because Atlanta does excel against lefties. And I'm really worried about the bridge to Jansen. In fact, I'm a little bit concerned about Jansen himself. And that game 163, yeah, he had a 5-0 lead. 
I don't want to freak out too much on two solo shots, but you know, Arenado and, and Story got him probably put the little pit in the stomach of Dodgers fans. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We had a 5-0 lead. What's going on here? Uh, but the bridge to him, I think, is is particularly concerning right now. And I think Kenta Maeda obviously needs to be a big part of that. Uh, and like I said, Caleb Ferguson, the other lefty. But I highlighted Scott Alexander because he has a chance to curb their power, which is where they really excel. They're fifth in ISO against lefties with a 176 mark. That's just your slugging minus batting average to kind of uh, mitigate the singles off and then look at the extra base power. And he's a huge ground baller, 71%. So he needs to be getting balls down and, and turning it into outs. Now, I also mentioned that because – their infield defense uh, for the Dodgers uh, is not something that that is all that particularly special. So they need to turn those into outs too. If you have a guy like like uh, Alexander out there, do you bring Muncie off the field? Uh, you know to make sure. You know, Brian Dozier isn't a great defender. Do you purposely make changes that would maybe? curb the offense a little bit to make sure that the defense is out there obviously it's going to be situational but they have so many moving parts with the Dodgers I'm interested to see how they handle it to make sure that that 71% ground ball rate isn't singles skittering through the infield and instead being turned into outs so I highlighted him uh, because he is going to be their key lefty I think Caleb Ferguson will be kind of their secondary guy Scott Alexander someone to watch for the Dodgers yeah that's great uh the one thing that I think that's very interesting that, that we didn't mention is that it's three lefties for the Dodgers. Uh, so I do wonder, I, I think maybe Scott Alexander will have the biggest impact in that Bueller game just because. Exactly. Think of like the right-handed lineups going against, against the South Bar Spaws. And then for Bueller, they'll be changing it back to the lefties. And then that's when Alexander would really be called upon Great to call. be effective. Uh, quick question before we close the book on this series. No chicken strip. Ross Stripling left off the roster. How'd you feel about that? I think that's silly and ridiculous. I think and... it's crazy, especially when I just said that they're better against lefties. <laughs> Why not get another righty there? Well, sorry, I, I did steamroll you there. What, what did you no, think no, about that, Stripling being left off? Good. Yeah, no, strip, Stripling, I think uh, if he's he's the perfect example of why Dodgeritis is a thing and terrible. Yep. And I, I as, as someone, I mean, just looking for fantasy purposes – if he if he was locked into 180 innings, I'd be so in uh, on Stripling next oh, year, but you can't. Yes. And this is the question about the Dodgers. He's off the roster because they essentially had a self-fulfilling prophecy to keep him off the roster. And and that is very frustrating to me. So I, I think it's not a good call. I think it's you, they're going to need guys that can go longer in the pen. Uh, and they don't really have many that they can trust at this moment. So I, I really I'm, I'm, I'm very shocked. No, and and there's thought- Maeda and that's it. Am I forgetting someone? I thought there? he was the no. I thought he was the perfect playoff pitcher though too, because he can give you multiple innings. Right. And I know he didn't close the season all that well because he was dealing with some health. So maybe it is just a pure health thing, and maybe we're we're beating him up too much. But I was really surprised by that. I mean, he was out there pitching at the end of the year. I would figure you give him a shot. He's a guy who, if he only doesn't have it quite that much that day, you give him one. But if he's on. He's the he's the two key going three or four and saving a rich right, hill exactly. uh, flub or something like that. Yep, so that was surprising definitely. to me. Uh, all right, let's move over to the AL and let's start with uh, Cleveland Houston. And you got the starters here. As, oh no, no, I got the starters. Yeah. I, can't, I can't keep <laughs> get it straight. together, Paul. Clown. I know. What, what? What? Oh no, I got called Paul. You're mad at me. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's start 
with Cleveland starter. And, you know, it's hard to come up with an X factor that isn't a stud because they have so many studs. So I am going to go with the Beebs. And I know that he could be relieving, uh, but it kind of depends on what they want to do with Trevor Bauer. Maybe it's a tandem start. They try to give him four innings for Bauer, three innings for Bieber. But he's going to be pitching crucial innings. They've they've made that clear. He won their, uh, you know, their affection, if you will, or whatever, you know, their trust, I should say, and that they're going to put him on the roster and they're going to give him some real innings here, Shane Bieber. I'm a little bit nervous just because he's so hittable um, and he does have good strikeout walk rates. I think sometimes it's because he's in the zone a little bit too much. That said, Houston is not strong against righties, uh, particularly down the stretch. That offense has gone through lulls where a star or two seems to not be on their game uh, throughout different parts of the seri- uh, of the season this year. And so we'll see what happens. Obviously, calendar turns over. Everything is wiped clean. I don't want to get too hung up on season stuff because we've seen it too many times where you say, oh, this team's very cold going in. Uh, they're going to fail in the playoffs, and then they go run all the way. It really is a clean slate for guys. You've heard MLB players say it themselves. But 24th and Woba against righties in the second half. There's a lot of righty starters there. When he's on, he's great. He closes the season brilliantly with a six inning, six shutout innings, nine strikeouts, two walks, two hits against the White Sox. Uh, he had a great start against the Rays. I remember watching the start against the Tigers, though, when he gave nine hits, five runs. And it's just I feel like sometimes it's a little bit of, of Pineda-itis, too, where it's like you get in that 3-1 count. And you don't want to give in and give the walk and start over. So you throw a couple meatballs uh, or just far too hittable pitches. And these major leaguers are going to get you, even on a team like the Tigers. So I do worry about that with Bieber. But if they if they limit him properly and you're talking about three to four inning stints, he could be a huge X factor for them. So I love what you said about uh, about being too hittable and being too much in the zone. Uh, this is something I've been preaching a lot with Bieber. It's the one case where I am happy to see at least two walks from Bieber on a given day. <laughs> right? You're yeah, like, no, okay, he didn't give in. I'm serious. I, I really think that that's an expression of him actually nibbling. Yes. He's, it's the other side of the spectrum from Mike Clevenger last year where he had a 12% walk rate. And Clevenger needed to pull it back a little bit. He needed yep. to be slightly less of a nibbler. Now he needs to do more. Here's some cool numbers here. Uh, Bieber has had four stud starts this year. Three of them has been when he's walked at least two batters. Wow. However, I mean, in 19 starts, he's only walked at least two batters seven times. So it's pretty much, to me, it's, it's essentially half the time that he's throwing at least two walks. He's a stud all of a sudden. Uh, and, I mean, coming out of relief, it's a little bit different. Obviously, sure. I don't, I, I, I actually expected you to talk about Trevor Bauer just because I almost how many innings are they going to get. But you're right. right. He, he needs to be mentioned. Here we are again. It's not his drone that's ruining him, but <laughs> he is a wild card factor for for the playoffs that we don't know what we're going to get. Uh, but yeah, that, that's why I kind of wanted to mention them in tandem because yeah, it could sure. end being a true tandem start. Uh, what are they going to get from Bauer? He is definitely an X factor as well. I did highlight Bieber, but I, I do think Bauer's right there because I if think he's they're Bauer, they're just going to let him go. They're just going to let him go. I think six sure. innings, but uh, I mean, who knows? There is still time for a drone. Uh, so let's not say that quite yet. There are off days. He will be playing, uh, I'm sure. And, and the other thing to mention, too, is that Corey Kluber hasn't been so amazing. I understand the strikeouts have been there a bit recently, but he's had some clunkers. Uh, as recently as August 25th, it was five and runs. And then on uh, in September 10th, it was four and runs and 1.2 innings against then, the yeah. Rays. Uh, last one out beforehand against the Royals was five innings of three and runs and nine base runners. I'm Can't mess wondering, with that offense. 
this is against the, the this is against the Astros, uh, yeah. a, a team that in the second half, yeah, they were missing Correa a bit. They missed Altuve in there too. Uh, they were they were very weak for a lot, but they're pretty much ready to go now. Uh, he can't be that guy. So no. this is very interesting. It's actually kind of crazy to me that I'm going to say that maybe Carrasco's the most secure one, maybe even Clevenger. Uh, it, it's it's a great rotation. I have them winning it all. If you can believe that, I can. And okay, so I. I was going through a situation where I thought that they were kind of a sleeper under the radar, and it turns out I was just not giving them love because I'm seeing a lot of people pick them. Yeah, I, I thought I, I was being a sleeper. <laughs> I Well, I, I think you might be, but then I did see a bunch of people pick them. I'm so eager, and we're going to go in order. We're not going to change the order up, but I'm so eager to hear about your, your reliever thing because I, I can't imagine that it's going to be Miller or Hand. We know that they're kind of set in stone, so I'm really eager to see where you go. That's going to be the interesting part for me. If these starters do their thing, they're obviously not going to need as many relief innings as most teams because they right. have such a good rotation. So that really helps them. I do think people, myself in particular, I put this all on myself. I don't want to project on everybody else. Sleeping on their offense. I mean, they have two of the best players in freaking baseball. Right. And if Jose Ramirez, he's just not going to have the same playoff that he had last year. There's just no way that well, I would. He's, he's been really cold in the past month, too. Maybe that he got it out of his system and the yeah, calendar's right. going to flip and he's going to be like, ah, right. tricked y'all. But uh, yeah, because last, last playoff, Jose Ramirez was ice cold. Right. So, uh, okay, let's jump over to Houston real quick and then we'll get into your relievers. This one, um, I cheated again. I'm such a cheater. <laughs> but I used the starter who's going to be in relief and it's Josh James because I really do think he's a big X factor for them. I did also have a starter, and I will mention quickly, Dallas Keuchel's there. Cleveland is strong against lefties, uh, and so that's going to be worrisome, I think, for them. He has a career low, 17.5% strikeout rate. He's never been a huge strikeout guy, but he's usually at least 19, 22% range, uh, and also career low, 8% swinging strike rate. So Keuchel's just not missing bats. They've got switch hitters here, too, so platooning uh, against these, these Cleveland Indians can be difficult. You have a guy like Michael Brandt who is a lefty but doesn't really uh, worry about who's up there. He doesn't have a, a strong platoon split. Actually, this year it's a little bit stronger with the power, but he does get a, uh, get enough hits against lefties, and I'm not too worried about him. So Keiko's probably the one concern there as a starter. But I wanted to highlight Josh James because I think he took Hector Rondon's spot. And that was another surprising leave-off. Until I really looked at the game log, though, he had a terrible September. And so I guess – I mean that's why he was was left off because he really sputtered into the finish line. When we started the cast you know, before we got on, I said, dude, did you see this? And you weren't as surprised. And I mentioned to you that I have sometimes a little bit of a blind spot on Houston because they're blacked out here. And unless you have this uh, – the AT&T cable, that's the only one where they show their games. I don't always get to watch the ins and the daily games and, and know the ins and outs of the club like I do, say, the Rangers who are on TV all the time. Who the heck wants to watch them? Sorry, Rangers fans. They're as bad as my Tigers. But um, Mike Miner, so, Spore. I, uh, stud, stud. So I miss <laughs> some things at times uh, with them, uh, you know, the nuances of like, oh, Hector Rondon's been terrible. I did not miss how great Josh James has been, though, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I do think he took that spot from Rondon. Big-time flamethrower. He could, again, be that guy who gives you – three innings in the middle of a game so if a colin mckee or i mean um charlie morton if a charlie morton sputters a little bit or any of their starters struggle you got josh james there will give you multiple innings uh big time bat misser i'm really excited to see what he can do 
My only concern is if he has an elite playoff and takes them all the way to the World Series, his fantasy price next year is going to be through the roof. Yeah, well, that's that's a funny thing. I mean, <laughs> we'll see if he even has a rotation spot next year. That'd be great. True. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Framber Valdez becomes the value pick. But uh, even though I don't like him nearly as much as no. Josh James, uh, I, the thing about Keuchel uh, that I think is very interesting is last year he was a very, very re- heavy, re- heavily relied on pitcher. That was essentially Verlander and Keuchel. Morton yep. had his moments. So did McCullers. But it was those two guys. As starters and, especially because Morton and McCullers right. had their relief moments that were that exactly. really yes. highlighted their playoff. Now, now of course, it's Cole and Verlander, and the Astros, they showed last year, maybe that's all that they need as far as premier starters. They need them to go very deep, and then uh, and then it doesn't really matter what Keiko does. But then, of course, there's arguments to be made about Keiko in the playoffs and how well he's performing there, and maybe he, there is another gear that he'll turn on. I just want to see him missing under the zone. I Same. really think that that's Keuchel's thing. There was talk about him early in the season changing to going higher up and having some success in that no. in the short term. I really do believe, if you look at the heat map of his pitches from the Yankee game last year and the first uh, first time he faced them in the NL, uh, sorry the ALCS, it was just so perfect. And that is what he should strive for. Hopefully he can do that for the Astros. Uh, but yeah, interesting pick with Josh James. I mean, I think he, he can finally get his, or not finally, but he will get a spotlight, and that'll be really cool to see. Yeah, he'll, he'll get his due there. All right, so let's talk some relievers. And again, I'm really excited on this Cleveland one because I think the reason that I underrate them uh, and perhaps overlook them was I'm worried about their relief core outside of Hand and Miller. So who are you highlighting here as an expert? Well, factor? I mean, it's pretty, uh, when you when you ask me for the Indians, it's, obviously I'm going to talk about Cody Allen. Uh, yes. Cody Allen missed a lot of time, and then he came back. Uh, well, not a lot of time. He missed nine games. Fine. But he came back, and the last two have been poor. Uh, we're talking six earned runs and point two innings pitched for the Indians. and hasn't pitched since Eesh. the 29th, uh, which was on Saturday. Now, can he be that guy in the ninth? I mean, are you going to go with Handon Miller, who both have closer experience? Sure. Then do you trust him as a fireman at this point? That this is a huge thing for the Indians because they don't have anyone else really. That's what uh, I'm saying. What I mean, I, 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 it really does come down to that rotation going deep, which they can. That's the thing. Yes, these games could just be Starter. one game is a is a shutout or a just complete game from one guy. Yeah, and the next day it's just like one day of Miller, and the next day the hand or whatever. Or both starter hand Miller, starter hand right. Miller, and with off days you can almost just always do, do that. that right. So, and then if they have a large lead one time, here comes, I don't know, Otero or Anil Ramirez. Yeah, you let one of them eat up some innings. Zach, I don't know if that, Zach McAllister made the roster, but he can be a multi-inning guy. Uh, yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree but, with that. And that is what makes it so that you don't have to freak out as much. But like Adam Simber came over in that uh, in that deal with hand. And I thought he was going to be a really nice addition as well because he threw so well with San Diego. He was nothing like that. His strikeout rate evaporated. He allowed a few. He allowed three homers in 20 innings after allowing just two and 48. Now, those are both small samples, so I don't want to freak out. But the fact that he stopped missing bats, Adam Simber, that's what worried me. And I thought he could be an interesting piece for them. He might still turn it on in the playoffs and be an interesting ground ball guy for them come in get a key ground ball but they don't really have the right-handed fireman unless it's cody allen so i i I thought it was probably the right uh the right pick to go to but i figured that that, that, that's where you were gonna go yeah i mean there's also plot code consider in some fashion here considering that maybe shane bieber isn't good in long relief yeah and then that's the one that they turn to as well 
I mean, Plotko, I think, is Josh Tomlin 2.0, which is not a compliment. He's one point. Uh, He's the worst version. <laughs> I mean, sometimes 2.0 is a, is a step back. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. They, they want it to be better. Like, here's, you know, like, this is worse than what you had. Go back not, to 1.0. Why are there ads everywhere? Yes. Uh, putting all these ads. No, but I totally agree. They're the, they're the same pitcher. Way too many homers. Way too hittable. They don't walk guys, but it's it's because they don't. They they don't nibble. They don't they don't throw out of the zone. So I, you don't right. really want those guys in there because homers are so killer in the playoffs. And then and then for the for the Astros is a lot the same kind of thing. What are you going to get out of Osuna? Last year we saw Giles struggle a ton in the ninth inning. That was such a a stressful moment filled with anxiety for Astros fans and to the point that they just didn't go with them anymore. It went with Morton and McCullers to finish out games. Yep. So, you know, maybe it's they'll be one off, by the way. So now and now it's Osuna. So we've gone from, you know, what, I'm not going to say it. I can't do it. I'm sure someone's made that terrible joke before uh, about. Uh, nope, not even going to no. hint at it. Not no. going to do it. No, just not going to do it anyway. Um, I wonder what they're going to get out of Osuna. They really need him to be that ninth inning guy. I mean, you could say with Verlander and Cole that they theoretically like the Indians could go very far in it. Sure. But when you get to that ninth inning, who is that guy going to be? It's going to be Osuna for the moment, and we don't know how he's going to perform. I think it's going to be very, very big uh, for the Astros. They're going to have this great game, and then what's going to happen in that ninth inning? That's and is he going to get Osuna? Is it going to get heat on the road? You know, uh, fan bases are, are unforgiving on stuff like. And I'm not saying that he should be forgiven on on the situation that that Osuna went through. But is that going to become a situation where you know the fans are screaming about? the the domestic violence uh situation and is that impacting him and i'm you know i i don't know you know who i think could actually end up being key and really emerging for them is a pickup that went completely under the radar ryan presley and he's been an absolute monster with them in 23 innings he has 32 strikeouts just three walks uh, he's only allowed 11 hits 0.77 era 0.60 whip he could be a real big key too. I agree, by the way, with highlighting Osuna just because we don't really. He's been, the stats are there, but there's just so much surrounding it um, that it is going to be really interesting to see what what he delivers. Uh, but Presley, I also think is is going to be a, an interesting factor. Um, they are going to need regular six innings out of their guys at, yes. at least, and and often a couple times seven and maybe even some eights. By the way, McCullers is going to be in the bullpen, right? Right, yeah. Okay, so that, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be great too. So I do think this bullpen is better than the World Series winning one, but there are still some questions around it just because we don't, 100% know like how a student is going to respond at the moment, uh, what McCullers can deliver when, you know, with, with his health in particular. Not that he can't deliver in the clutch. We know that he can do that. But what's his health at right now? Josh James is a rookie. So it's up in the air. I think this series is going to be really interesting. I don't know that it's getting enough pub either because uh, obviously the other ALDS is is the draw. Let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, I think this oh, one's it's a been really fourteen years. Fourteen years since wow, the rivalry in the playoffs. Yeah, two thousand four. Wow. wow. Uh, but yeah, this one, uh, this Houston Cleveland can be a really sexy series too. So I'm interested for. It. But let's go ahead. Let's go to what uh, I'm sure folks are tabbing well, as the main well, event. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. I just, oh, I'm sorry. A couple, sorry. a couple quick things that I wanted to add. I mean, first of all, uh, Presley. I think a lot of people don't realize how good his breaking ball is. Yep. Uh, is filthy. Uh, I'm actually updating the, the 2019 gift database for Petrolist now. I've already gotten started on it. Added Presley's curveball, and uh, it's so beautiful. It's just, it's it's great. It's not up yet. You can't, you can't see it, but 
Oh. I, I just no, I was just found that gif. <laughs> but no, I think actually the really big another big question on top of Asuna and and Presley's going to perform is who's their lefty out of the pen? Bingo. And they didn't have one really last year to go to right. either. And I thought you might. I figured you're going to go Asuna or who's the lefty? Whoever it is. Mark. Is it Framber? Is it Tony Sip? I think it's Sip. And he's oh, not man. a bad. He's not a bad loogie. But then, okay, so say we use him in the sixth inning, and then you have Michael Brantley coming up in the in the ninth. What do you do? And not to mention the Indians, very lefty heavy, yeah, as well. So to see no lefty presence can be can be a big factor if you are uh, if you are the the Astros bullpen. And do you even really want? To? Is it worth it to throw a sip? Even though he is a lefty, is it still better than say like Davinsky with a great changeup away? I like I like Devo, but he struggled this year. I will give Sip his due. He is he's a lefty smasher. Uh, actually, I will say this year though he's been kind of neutral. So maybe they get more out of him than we expect. It's not just lefty loopy right. stuff. It's actually he he can get through a couple righties too. If there's that lefty righty lefty thing, maybe he gets the righty in the middle and can get sure. you a full inning. But he is yep. key as well. You almost could have gone five different directions with this Astros bullpen because it is so wide open. Because even though Asuna has the stature uh, of being a you know capital C closer at times, he's got his own problems that he created again i'm not saying you know th- these are of his own volition that uh, that are added to it and it's just going to be wide open for them and, and you know what's going to end up is mccullers is going to be the closer and he's going to dominate <laughs> he's going to take over <laughs> the closer role and be a 10-year closer he uh, i mean you understand too that i uh, i'm on board with that oh i, I also I've, I tabbed him as that in a SP guide years ago. I said, this but, guy's not going to be a starter. He's going to be... Now, like, the problem is that I... You know who McCullers 2.0 is? Who? It's Jack Flaherty. Oh, no! <laughs> so if you're talking about McCullers as a close, I'm like, well, Jack Flaherty. I'm well, really sorry. Has Flaherty's health been to the same level? Uh, that's a good question. No, I mean, it's only been a sample size of one year. Well, then it's a perfect but, 2.0 because it's in the healthier version of McCullough. Uh, right, there you it's go. It's an improved 2.0. But, I mean, the, all, the, all the similarities, the high point, walk rate, the, the one really pitch. good breaking ball, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, uh, the low IPS, 5.5 this year for yep. Flaherty. That's exactly what McCullers was doing. No, that's, nice. that's that's really interesting, by the way, and maybe we'll have people not running away from him, but tapping the brakes because I think people are kind of putting him on a par with Bueller. They had those two really oh, yeah, fun right. outings I'm to each so other. I've Bueller. got Bueller a good, yeah. and it's not anti-Flaherty; it's pro Bueller. But I've got I mean, Bueller, it's a little bit of both for me. I've got Bueller a good a good bit higher. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into Boston Yankees. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Listen, man, that used to nauseate me, and I would watch every single oh, minute no, of so those five-hour games. I don't even care. Yes, I would whine about it, but then I would eat up every – You just minute. wanted it. That's why. Exactly. You wanted so to I be am, in on it. <laughs> I am excited. I'm not going to lie. I have no love for either of these teams. Uh, I'm just a general Yankees hater. Yes, it is born of jealousy, but hey, my Tigers work them in the playoffs recently. Recently, so don't even come at me. Boston is the other way. They crushed my World Series dreams with the poppy home run. So F Boston, oh, I'm out of here. But I cannot wait. So give us some starters that we got to be looking at for the uh, for the Yankees in Boston. See, I, Pick whichever I team actually, you want first. I actually went to that ALCS series against the Tigers twice in that year at Yankee Stadium, and it was so cheap because even as Yankee fans, we knew we didn't deserve it. <laughs> like, like I went the first day. I was like, "Oh, it's twenty bucks for a bleachers ticket." You're like, okay. And then after that disappointing game, when when uh, when Jeter's ankle broken, Exploded. all of that, 
Yeah, I was I like, I'm not going back. There's no way. And then the next day, I was like, oh, it's fifteen dollars for a Patriot ticket. Well, it's even cheaper now. This is this is how it was. So I so even we knew we were going to lose that to your Tigers. Um, I mean, I think this is very interesting to see what happens with CC Sabathia. Uh, is this going to be just a full-on bullpen game? It could be with yeah. other ones. But at the same time, CC has been pretty shaky over September. We have games of starting on, well, August 29th was three runs, and four, then two, then five, then two. Hasn't been the consistent rock that he had been for the year. I, I've labeled him as a Toby as for fantasy purposes, but that essentially means you're a 370 right guy. Uh, 365 for the year. And I, I could see him going, you know, three innings at times against the Red Sox here. If he lost 300 runs quickly, they would just get the early hook. But it would be massive. It would be a huge impact if he goes five strong, one earned run. Oh, yeah. Against the, against the Red Sox, that means also longer rest for the bullpen and get it deeper in the game so that you can get that four-headed monster. Mm-hmm. Four-head, they're all labeled as closers on roster resources. Because they can absolutely do it. <laughs> it's amazing. And then, of course, there's also Chad Green. So Chad Green, Braden Robertson, Batanzas Chapman. It's essentially just getting to that and it'll be interesting to see if CC can get there. I think Tanaka, Severino, and Hap, they shouldn't have much of a problem doing it. Severino looked amazing last night. Uh, Hap has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Tanaka has some volatility. That is a big question mark, too. Sure. Because uh, it's Homer related, too. Right. Uh, but it's very within the realm of possibility that he doesn't allow that long ball and survives five innings himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think CC is the biggest question mark in regards to that. Yeah, I, I would agree there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can deliver because when he's on, and 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 there's never a high expectation for him either. So CC, you know, they come in saying, "Oh, if we get you know four out of him, it'll be great," and then he delivers six, you know. Or if they do put expectation, it almost seems to go against whatever the expectation is. I think people come in with muted expectations. We'll see what he can do. I'm interested to see what CC does. Very eager to hear your uh, your, your your Boston take here. <laughs> I mean. Okay, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, this Chris is. Sale's velocity dip. Uh, is he healthy? You know, is he healthy? Is he not? I'm going to get. I mean, you'll talk about the Red Sox pen, whatever. Uh, it'll just be vomit noises. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting the soundboard queued up. I mean, they even say that the bridge to Kimbrel. But anyway, uh, David Price has that history against the Yankees. That's the scary part. Uh, what are we? What you're going to get out of David Price? I don't know. Porcello has had a terrible second half. Uh, Evaldi has had his peaks and valleys over the, uh, over his tenure as a Red Sox as well. Some of the well. peaks against the Yankees, though. So that, yes, that is and helpful. recently, recently as well, he has looked better, which is good. That cutter is just so filthy when it's on. When it's on, it's it's, it's, it's amazing that we so long he waits so long to add that thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's such a weird sentence to me, but like it's such a good compliment for what he does. Anyway, I I think Rick Porcello is really the most interesting one because I I, I see a guy that ended up about a four three year array. And had such a great first half. And we're talking about the difficulties that we might see from Price and Sale. But then Porcello is the number three. Yeah. It, it's it, it, the whole step of the way. There are questions here. There really uh, is. So, it's, I mean, it's going to be really fun. Obviously, the Red Sox offense are, are fantastic. And they have the deserved MVP on that team. Mm-hmm. And J.D. Martinez, just kidding, Mookie Betts. I, uh, I was I was going to be like, I was going to be like really silly and say, yes, Jackie Bradley Jr. has been fantastic. Right. <laughs> I like that you went with the misdirect on J.D. J.D.'s going to obviously get down ballot votes, but it's Mookie Betts. No, it's, it's Betts as much as I know. We all know Trout is the best player on the planet. Correct. Uh, but I... Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, it's just, I always kind of feel weird about that too, because I feel like you just should win it every year because you just want him to have the most accolades ever because he is right. the best. I mean, that's, it's LeBron, you know? And then right. it's almost so, like people get tired of voting for him too, so they look for reasons not to. How many does he have? Like three? That's it though. He only has two, right? Two even. Because Mickey stole a bunch from him. Listen, I'm, y'all know I'm a diehard, <laughs> diehard, die, diehard Tigers fan, but I can sit here and be honest about it. Miggy, Miggy out here stealing. Oh, I would, I would make a shirt for you that says "Diehard Tigers fan." But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see if Porcello can be a guy that they can rely on, or if he just gets beat around, and all of a sudden, with Iovaldi going in that fourth game, then there's, I mean, Eduardo could sneak in to start too. He'd be that long relief guy, but. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see what kind of Porcello shows up. I, I, I completely agree there. And so they're pitching. <laughs> Listen, if sales healthy, obviously that's a major piece. But the price versus New York, you and I talk because we do so much on fantasy stuff that we don't get hung up on batter versus pitcher stuff. Right. But when you have such a prolonged sample in such a high profile series, there's no way that it doesn't weigh mentally on him at this point. He continues to struggle against New York there. I don't think that this is like something that you just dismiss as small sample batter versus pitcher the yankees own price can he rebound from it that's going to be the key all right let's talk some relievers here and i'm going to go with one of the pieces of that four-headed monster now they're set up so brilliantly because they have the two and two they have the two righties and the two lefties and then like you said just chad green thrown in who's (laughs) amazing like how how is it even fair so even if the guy i'm gonna highlight fails they'll just go to the other studs but it is zach Britton because uh it's been a little wonky on his on his uh metrics i should say because the results are there, 288 ERA and even a 116 whip. It's not great, but it's certainly not bad. But I, there isn't a lot of backing behind it. It's looking more like of old Zach Britton as opposed to the guy that we gotten used to as one of the uh, definitively best relievers in the game. He has a, for the year, 20% strikeout rate, 12% walk rate. With the Yankees, same exact thing. Uh, or no. 20%, 10%. He brought the walk rate down because it was at 16% with the Orioles in his 15 innings. So I'm just a little bit worried. It is balanced out by a 78% ground ball rate, which is absolutely bananas. So the thing of it is when he does get in trouble, he usually just gets the ground ball and gets out of it. Did give up a home run to Chris Davis last night. I'm not going to bug out too much on that. Everyone does that. Chris Davis is an absolute monster. But I do worry in, in what sort of high leverage they can put him in. But I only worry to a small degree, like I said, because they just go to somebody else. This bullpen is so deep that even if – two of them weren't reliable then you still have three absolute studs so it's really not major concern that i have but if i'm looking at the five-headed monster as it is britain is the one that i would have a little bit of uh be a little bit suspect of just because he hasn't had a swing and miss there so he does need to keep that ball on the ground and make sure that he's not giving up homers yeah i mean he he also allowed a single to matt chapman yesterday that was that was up that yep. wasn't a that wasn't a Typical not where that pitch needs sinker. to be. Yep. Yeah, and the bite on it was just wasn't standard. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that Britain is is a good question mark. And obviously, of course, as I mentioned with Adovino, there is that Batanza's effect. Bingo. As well, the don't Batanza's experience. Same thing with Fernando Rodney. <laughs> I saw it in full force yesterday. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I mean, to a lesser degree, Rodney is just more bad than good. Yes. But. But there's still that ultimate sweat of Batons. I was like, you just don't know. You have no idea. You don't know. But and he's he on. actually, there, there is something when he's on, he's on. But 
There is something I noticed in yesterday's game, which is that he was much, much better against right-handers than left-handers. Yes, he was. He, he, was, he was really struggling to get his, his curveball over, and he really wanted that opening on his glove side to just hammer at. Uh, and he obviously doesn't have that with lefties. There's a lot less wiggle room there. Uh, he threw amazing breaking balls to Matt Chapman and then couldn't throw them against Jed Lowry. Almost hit him. Lowry should have taken it. And, you know, we've got ice and all that stuff, as I mentioned before. <laughs> But uh, the, the, I'm, I'm really curious to see how they use Batanzas. The good thing is, though, the strength for, for the Yankees and, and Batanzas, the strength of their offense is definitely the right-handed. The Betts, Martinez, uh, Bogarts, Benintendi is a lefty. Devers, you know, he's, he's got he's, his claim to fame right now because he's short in his career is hitting that big homer off of uh, off of Chapman, right? Right. Lefty, lefty. Um, we'll see what he can do. He didn't have a great season. So Mitch Moreland, it can be a righty beater upper i wouldn't say righty killer because i don't i'm not really scared of him so that does favor Batances is that they're going to bring him in for that strength for the Betts martinez uh bogarts trio there and so we'll see how that works out for them uh, as for boston and their bullpen you already kind of hinted at it lol at the bridge to, to kimbrell what is it you know listen uh get close to the get close to the mic here red sox fans i'm gonna tell you a little, little thing i feel you okay I have watched Dave Dombrowski run teams, and the man, I think, is a great GM. He should be in the Hall of Fame as a GM. He does not know how to build a bullpen, though. It is it is a blind spot that he's had forever. Go look at those Tiger teams. They were fantastic. They just did not have a bullpen. I will say, at least he went out and got you a relief ace in Kimbrel, somebody that you can actually rely on and feel comfortable with more often than not. The Tigers never had that. But how the hell are you getting there if those starters don't come through? I do not know, Nick. And they don't have the right stuff. They Stephen re- Wright. I, I know. I know. Okay. Uh, and they really don't. <laughs> they don't have the right lefties either. You did mention Eduardo Rodriguez. He's actually going to be my key. I put any lefty question mark. They left Brian Johnson off. Not that Brian Johnson would make me all that confident, but it would be another lefty. Drew Pomeranz is terrible. I don't think he's on the roster. So it is going to be basically the Eduardo Rodriguez show as far as lefties go. And they've kicked his butt. Uh, 662 ERA, 170 whip, 5% strikeout minus walk rate. New York beasts on lefties, uh, particularly power-wise. They're first in ISO. They're the only team over 200 with a 222 mark. They're also first in walk rate. And when Eduardo Rodriguez is not going well, his walks can be up. And not so much because he's nibbling, but because he doesn't know where it's going. So I absolutely worry. Even the righties, I'm not that... I'm not that great on uh, Matt Barnes, Joe Kelly. Even when they're on, walks are a part of their deal too. And that's obviously been a signature of this Boston-New York series that these two teams wear guys out and they are very patient. That's just been a through line through these organizations throughout this entire rivalry. It's still there to this day. And I do worry about Boston's bullpen as a whole, but specifically lefties. And I think Eduardo Rodriguez has to be the lefty guy and he really needs to come up big. I know you've been a big fan of his. We do like his raw talent. Can he have it in, in one to two inning bursts for this Yankees series? Well, okay. So if it's one to two inning bursts, that helps him out. Absolutely. It'll be, it would be in positions where he's not going against righties like Judge and Stanton and Voight and et cetera. So it would be against like Didi. It would be against like Aaron Hicks, maybe. Some, it would be very, yes. very small sample placed for those guys, which would be very helpful for Eduardo. Not to mention that the times that he would 
shine the most is in relief of Porcello and Uvaldi when possibly the Yankees are going stronger on the left side. That's a good point. So, so if when, you know, it's like when Sale and Price are going, maybe they go longer and then you won't really use Eduardo in those games. Uh, but then when it's Porcello and Eduardo going, that's when Eduardo would get the call. He might get better matchups because of that. In fairness to Eduardo, he has been a little bit platoon neutral too. So he should be able to get through some righties. Again, when he's on, we've, we've spoken well of him this year. My concern when we did have our, our debate on him was health. Not talent. He can be good. I think he needs to step up big for them because they need some somebody to really become that that key fireman to get to Kimbrel because Kimbrel can't do it all. He just can't. And I don't trust right. Joe Kelly. I'm sorry. I know he throws a hundred, and that's all anybody ever talks about. But he has 4.39 ERA, a 1.36 WHIP. Like, be good. Be good once before I really. Well, I guess he was pretty good last year. 2.79, 1.19. But Joe Kelly's so overhyped. I can't stand it. Um, but yeah, this series is going to be interesting. So you mentioned. You have the Braves winning it. Who are they facing? Uh, I have the Indians winning it over the Braves. Oh, you have Indians winning it over the Braves. That's right. So that's good. That would be really fun. Um, how about the series as as they stand now, uh, the other series? Who are you picking to win, Colorado, Milwaukee? Uh, I'm having the Brewers win that. Okay. How about uh, – then, I, then the – I think I had the Red Sox over the Yankees because I wanted to hedge my bets. I like it. Emotional hedge, <laughs> as we call that. And then obviously Cleveland going to be over Houston. Okay. Well, yes. that, and then obviously we know your LC, uh, your LCS winners because we know who's going to be in the World Series against you. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, it's going to be a fun playoff. Um, if you guys have interesting ideas that you would want to hear us discuss on uh, other playoff stuff as the series move on, let us know. It's obviously going to be pitching focused. Um, we'll definitely figure something out. But if you have ideas, we're always open to that. So go ahead and tweet us at Spore and at PitcherList. Nick, what's coming up on at the picture list during the playoffs? Yeah, oh man. Uh, so I mean, I've been I haven't been writing uh, this past week much just because I've been prepping a lot of the off season stuff so everyone can get to work and all mm-hmm. the awesome stuff that we're doing. So I've been a little bit off of that. But Monday we have the top one hundred way too early coming out for two thousand nineteen. Uh, I've already been starting that, so I can't wait to talk about that. You have yours coming out too, don't you? Yes, it'll be out soon. I won't steamroll you, though. It won't be on the same day. Um, but we'll way, talk about them. Yeah, we course. will. And that, that'll definitely be one of our uh, one of our podcasts at some point, too. We'll get away from the playoffs a little bit, talk a little 2019. Uh, just since I, I asked yours, I'll mention mine. Atlanta versus Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee going to the World Series. I had Oakland versus Houston and then Houston going. Obviously, that's out the window. So I'll I'll, I'll take the Yankees. Uh, I'm going to say Yankees-Astros, but I'm still going to stick with the Astros. And then I went boring. I had the Astros winning it all again. It's 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 what I've got, though. I'm not going to make something up just to be, uh, just to be yeah, flashy. That's so that's where I'm at. Uh, great talking with you, Nick, and, and we'll talk again next week. Always a pleasure, Spore. Peace. Fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download Squad QL for free for your Apple and Android devices. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. 
How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. 